This is the second Sunday of Advent, and so we're going to keep kids and youth in just for a couple minutes while we do our Advent lighting of the candle and some scripture reading. So would you welcome Adam, Kim, and Liam? The second candle on the Advent wreath is called the Candle of Peace or the Bethlehem Candle. It signifies and celebrates the peace that is coming to our world through the birth of Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Two candles burning bright, chasing away the darkness from light. Two candles glowing light, the blessing of God giving new sight. All right, I'm going to read a scripture from Isaiah. It says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us his son is given, and a government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Prince of Peace, reveal yourself to us today. We desperately need peace in our lives, our home, our country, and our world. Help us to slow down and seek out your peace so that we may become the peacemakers you've called us to be. In your name, Prince of Peace, we pray. Amen. Yeah. All right, thanks. Kirk asked me to just give a few words um, about peace. Since we're talking about peace today, and um, you probably heard peace mentioned a few times in that passage from Isaiah. So I'm just going to take a few minutes to um, explain more of the, the Hebrew concept of, of peace, shalom. Everybody say shalom. Um, this is one of those Hebrew words, you know, with amen, hallelujah, that most Christians know. But there's a lot more to the Hebrew word shalom than simply um, tranquility, quietness, or the absence of war. Um, and so I'm just going to spend uh, a few minutes and just touch upon some, just the basic uh, concept of shalom and how it was used. So for a start, without getting too, um, too deep into this, uh, every Hebrew word has a root. And so, uh, and that root has a certain meaning, and you have a lot of different Hebrew words that come out of that root. Does that make sense? So the root of shalom is completeness. Everybody say completeness. Wholeness, completeness. And so you have a, a lot of different words that come out of this. So shalom is one of those words. Uh, to give you an example, um, shalem is, it means whole. You can see how it sounds very similar to shalom, shalem. And uh, shalem is also the name of a city, Salem. Anybody heard of Salem? So, um, and then in Hebrew, shilem means to pay somebody for something, thus completing a transaction. And so you have multiple different ways that this, from, from out of this root, um, that this word is used. But completeness, wholeness is the, is the driving concept um, behind this uh, way of thinking, this concept. And, um, but here's how it's used throughout the Hebrew Bible, just to give a, a brief overview. Um, well, for a start, greeting, even today in modern Hebrew, if, if anybody here gone to Israel... Uh, you say shalom, right, for hello and goodbye. And you can also say uh, shalom aleichem, uh, shalom upon you, peace be upon you. 
And uh, this is very similar to Arabic, by the way. Very, very similar. Uh, similarly, um, the same kind of thing. Oh, there it is on the... Nice. Shalom. Um, and so, and Jesus actually says the same thing in the Gospels. Um, when he, when he uh, rises from the dead, he says to his disciples, peace. So how is your peace? And so when you read uh, the Bible, it's, it's, it might say like, hey, how are you? You know, that's how it's translated. But the Hebrew says, how is your peace? Um, and again, what is, that, what is that talking about? How is your quietness? There, there's much more to it. It's, it's how, is your, how, is, how, how are you feeling, your whole body, your, your wholeness, your health, um, prosperity. Uh, we also see this in blessing, blessing someone with peace. You know, at the end of every service, uh, Kirk gives the, uh, recites the blessing of the priest. And the, the last line of that is, Vayasem lecha shalom, may the Lord uh, give you peace, his peace. Um, and so this concept of uh, blessing the people was, is just rooted in the, in the same um, understanding of shalom and, and imparting shalom to the people, uh, to live long and prosper, uh, right? Is that, am I referring to something there, live long and prosper? I'm actually not copying uh, Star Trek. You guys, you guys know that Star Trek is actually copying Judaism. This whole thing, if you know the story, if any, if anybody like nerd like Trek out there, Trekkies, um, that whole concept of, of imparting blessing and prosperity came from Judaism. Uh, Leonard Nimoy, as a, as a child, grew up in the synagogue, and they were doing this. They're forming the sheen, uh, and uh, it's the letter of the Hebrew alphabet, blessing the congregation with shalom. Uh, so it's very interesting. Um, so he was the one that actually uh, created that, that um, the live long and prosper blessing that's in uh, Star Trek. Um, and lastly... The concept of shalom is also found, you could say it's a synonym of salvation in the Hebrew Bible. And, um, and so, for example, like uh, Paul will talk about uh, peace to, to those near and far, and he talks about those to the Gentiles and Jews, and, God, and God's making peace with them. And he gets this from Isaiah. Isaiah says shalom, shalom to those near and far. And so the concept, there's a concept of peace that's just rooted and intertwined with salvation and safety. And, and this comes to a head in the New Testament uh, because all of that is rooted in the, the, the uh, proclamation or the gospel, the good news, um, and Messiah. And so again, you have this concept in Isaiah, um, you know, about those who bring peace and the gospel and safety and shalom. And, and ultimately, the one who will bring that shalom, as I just read, is the Sar Shalom, Prince of Peace. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Adam. Sure. So, are you ready? What are we going to talk about today? Peace. Oh, you knew this time. You guys are sharp. I'm going to pray that the Lord would make these not my words, but His. Uh, Lord, thank you that you are Lord to us. Thank you that you are Father to us. Thank you that you are friend to us, that you are Savior to us. Open up your word, please, and make it powerful and effective in our lives. Do surgery, Lord, on our hearts, um, not so that we can be this or that or some religious thing, but so that we can have peace, so we can dwell with you in wholeness, 
so we can be the people you've created us to be. We ask, Lord, that you would have your way in this time. It's your time. It's not ours. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So we are into Advent. I don't know if you know what Advent means, but Advent means arrival. It means coming. And so the season of Advent is when we look forward to celebrating Christmas, which is when Jesus came, when he arrived. And it's also a time when we look forward to when he will arrive again, because he is coming again. And so just as surprising as it was the first time, the Bible says the second time will be equally as surprising, if not more. And so, so Advent is this time when we look into uh, those two arrivals of our Lord. And there are four Sundays, and each Sunday has a theme. And so hope was the first week. That's last week when there's the prophecy. We're looking forward to, uh, in the Old Testament to what Jesus would come to fulfill Today is about peace, next week's about joy, and the last week is about love. So four Sundays, four big themes, and they're really like four gifts. What are you asking for for Christmas? What am I asking for for Christmas? I was thinking, what if we asked for those things, right? What what if I actually had hope and peace and joy and love this Christmas? What if I had those in ever-increasing measure? Think about that. There's nothing you could ask for that would be a better gift in your life than those things. These are four powerful gifts from the Lord that he wants to give to his people. And Advent is a time when we can get into each one and kind of say, how does this work? How does hope work? How does, how does peace really work in my, in my heart, in my life? You know what else is cool? These things will not break down. You will not get tired of them. You do not need an extended warranty, right? And you can have them forever and you can give them away to others. And... Yeah, no batteries needed. And, and, and probably next year you'll want the same darn thing because it's so good. So, so today we're going to get into that first gift of peace. Uh, I think there's also something interesting that I should say about gifts. In the Latin tradition, the Holy Spirit is called the gift. So, and these things, love, joy, peace, first uh, of the fruits of the Spirit, right? Pretty wild. Um, and, and I think it's also interesting that, that it's not about God giving us a gift of peace, a gift of joy, a gift of love, apart from himself. He's really giving us himself, which is really the message of Christmas altogether, God with us, Emmanuel. So I don't, we don't get access peace apart from him. He is peace and he brings peace with him. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Can somebody amen? Right on. So I've got to ask you a question. Uh, I don't think it's a trick question, but do you feel more peaceful over the holidays? Or do you feel less peaceful over the holidays? Really, you feel more peaceful? Wow, that's awesome. I want to be you when I grow up. So I feel like once we get into mid-November, my pace increases and my stress seems to increase a little bit. I don't know about you, and, and yet, it seems like this should be the time when I'm celebrating the Prince of Peace and the shalom that he came to bring, and, and I should have a little more time to reflect, a little more time with family, because I take a few more days off. Well, you get a few more days off, I don't. But, but it's, right, it's kind of ironic that this is kind of the season of crazy for many of us. And, and, and at this past week, I was looking forward to preaching about peace and reading these verses, some of my favorite verses in all of Scripture, 
And Monday, I was about as stressed out as I've been in my life. Literally, Monday, I was just feeling like, and sometimes you just have this generalized stress. You don't even know where it's coming from. You just feel funny. And I felt like my heart was beating fast. I'm breathing fast. I'm moving fast. And I'm like, what the heck is wrong with me? Right? And there's, there's really no rational reason for me to be stepping faster. Do you ever have those days where you just dig in? And at the end of the, end of the day, your legs hurt. And you're like, what the heck was that? Monday, my brain was doing that. My body was doing that. My heart was doing that. So I sat on the couch. I, I um, took care of the first things of the morning, you know, coffee. And uh, sat on the couch and I said, Lord, I'm really stressed out. I don't even know why. I'm feeling anxious about the holidays. I feel like this is on my mind, this is on my mind, this is on my mind. I'm thinking about finances. I'm thinking about the church. I'm thinking about gifts. I'm thinking about family. I'm thinking about, you know, my son. I'm thinking about all this stuff. And why don't I do that more? Because other days I just dig in and go faster, faster, faster. But Monday I slowed down. I said, Lord, let's talk about this. And you know what happened? A, I felt better. But, but B, I, I realized something really important. The Lord doesn't want us, he hasn't created us to be like that, to go faster, faster, faster. And, and he met me there on the couch. And, and I didn't feel like he was like a fairy with a magic wand that went, bing, you know, hey, Kirk, you're going to feel so much better, bing. It was more like wise counsel. It was more like someone who loved me, who helped me to see life differently. I felt like he was working in my brain, organizing the details in my brain and saying, you know, it's going to be fine. You're all right. Just chill out. And, and I felt this calm. I, f- I felt like the, the, the Lord's presence and his peace was like a cloud that was around me that was... You know how, how you, you go outside some days when it's foggy and you can't get away from the cloud? It was like that. It was like a cloud was around me of peace. It's like, Lord, thank you. Wow. And yet, sometimes we don't go after that. We don't pursue that. We don't think it's that important. So, um, first thing is this. God wants us to have peace, and he created us for shalom, but we have to believe that. Because sometimes we think we don't deserve it or we you know, don't understand it. But I feel like peace is waiting there for us in the person of Jesus. It's not waiting for us there in some Eastern uh, teaching or in some book that we're going to read or in some song that we're going to listen to or in some relationship we're going to have apart from him. Peace is waiting for us in the Prince of Peace. Peace is available to you because Christ made himself available to you. I don't, maybe I should just say that and we should go home. But peace is available in him. Let me show you what I mean. So when we, when we read those verses a little while ago, when Adam and Kim read them, it says this in Isaiah 9, he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then it says, of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end, right? So he came to be the prince of what we're talking about, the prince of Shalom. And yet, Jesus was born into a very troubled time. So Israel was under Roman occupation. The Roman definition of peace was not an absence of war or tranquility. The Roman definition of peace, literally their understanding was, 
You have crushed your enemies under your foot so they are no longer a problem for you. Really, until the next enemy, and then you're going to crush them under your foot so that you can have peace again. So that was the world that Jesus was born into. Oh, great. In fact, some scholars have said that the census that took place that we read about in the Christmas story was because so many people had died in Jewish revolts that they had to find out how many could still pay taxes and that they had to figure out where are the troublemakers hiding in Israel. Let's, let's figure out which cities we can you know, send Roman soldiers into and take out the bad guys. Similar to what's happening around our world right now, right? Now, I want you to remember this also, this Christmas message from the book of Luke. The angels appearing to the shepherds. They said, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now, a lot of Christmas cards, a lot of Christmas stories, a lot of our friends and family, they love the glory to God in the highest and peace, right? Goodwill to men. But there's a little clause at the end there that kind of messes it all up. On whom his favor rests. Those who God wants to give peace to will have peace. It's basically what it says. Those who have found peace in Jesus will have peace. Those who have not found peace in Jesus will not. He brought peace to everybody who will access it. It doesn't just say he brought peace to everybody. So this last week, as I was preparing, um, as I was praying, I I was literally on my knees picturing you guys and gals and saying, Lord, what do you want to say to your people? What do you want to say to me? Because I'm one of us. Lord, what do you want to say about peace? And immediately in my mind, this verse was really strong, and I haven't been able to shake it all week. And this is, this is for us. Colossians 3.15. So pay attention to this. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Notice the very first word. Let peace rule. You have a decision to make. You can let peace rule, or you can let your stress and the holidays and the circumstances and the stuff rule. You have a decision to make. We have to let Christ rule in our hearts. We can't bar him from doing that. And this is the thing that occurs to me. Peace is a gift that has to be accessed. It's like a bank account that's full, but if you never go to the bank, it doesn't do you any good. So there's all this peace waiting in the person of Jesus, and it's right there for us. But God will not beat you into submission like that Roman thing. He will not beat you into submission to give you peace. Right? He invites you into his peaceful presence. Notice it says right there, um, let's go back one to that verse. It says, uh, as members of one body, you were called to peace. That word literally is called by name or invited. So Jesus says, come to me, I have peace. Remember he said, come to me all who are heavy and weary laden come to me, you are invited, but I'm not going to make you have peace. Sometimes we feel like, okay, if, if I said yes to Jesus and I raised my hand or I walked the aisle, now suddenly, magically, I have peace in my life and it's all great. That's not what scripture says. He's a prince of peace. We have to let him, let him have his way. Let him rule. Let him bring the peace. He invites you into it. And it says you're members of his body. So there's peace in him that needs to flow through the bloodstream into us. 
And all kinds of things can block that from happening. And it's interesting, when, when it says we're members of his body, he, he actually is peace. There's a verse in Ephesians 2, really fascinating. It says, for he himself is our peace. So it doesn't just say he brings peace, he actually is peace. Peace in you is intrinsically woven together with Christ in you. If Christ is in you and you allow him, you let him rule, his peace comes with that. So if you pursue Christ, you will have peace as a result. If you pursue peace, you might have a mess on your hands, right? You may may find the opposite, or you may find temporary peace. Here's a quote from C.S. Lewis that that I really loved. It says this, God cannot give us a happiness and a peace apart from himself. Because it's not there. There is no such thing. Peace apart from the person of Christ, apart from God himself, does not exist. Peace is not just the absence of war, as Adam talked about. It's shalom. It's wholeness. It's everything you're created to be and experience. Everything you're created to walk around in is shalom, is peace. So I feel like this is true. If I have more Jesus, I will have more shalom. If I have less Jesus, I will have less shalom. So it's kind of like if, if I pursue peace um, apart from the person of Jesus, I will never find it. And peace isn't a bad motivation. I mean, I can pursue Jesus in order to have peace. That's, that's not necessarily bad, right? But how cool is it if I say, Jesus, I, I want to love you. I want to know you. I want to serve you. I want to be in you. I want you to flow through me. And please give me your peace at the same time. I feel like that's more pure in motives. Listen to what Jesus told his disciples just a few days before the cross. John 14, he said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He was going to die. He was going to leave. This is the most anxious moment for the disciples. They know. He's talking about dying. He's talking about going away. And they're freaking out. And then he says, I'm going to leave you with peace. Remember the gift, the Holy Spirit? He meant that. I'm going to leave you with peace that will never be shaken. I'm going to leave you with the counselor who's going to empower you, who's going to give you my peace, remind you that you can have peace in me. Now, there's a huge difference between the peace that's found in Jesus and the peace that the world promises. Jesus said, I'm not going to give it to you like they do. I'm not going to give it to you like the other teachers or the other religions or the other cultures. I'm going to give you a different kind of peace. And here's how I think that's different. I feel like the peace that that we have in our world, apart from Jesus, is temporary. It's kind of like, how many of you have been out on the water on a boat before? Okay? So there are days when you go out, and the top of the water looks what? Peaceful. Right? It looks nice, right? But what can happen? In a hurry, if you're out on the Pacific Ocean, is a little... Wind can blow, called the Santa Ana wind. We were out one time at Anacapa Island, and we looked back at the shore, and it was supposed to be perfectly clear. I looked on my phone, clear day, no like no clouds at all, no no uh, rain. So I looked on my phone; it's all good. So we went out to Anacapa, and we're enjoying the day. And we look back at the shore. I was with my parents, I think, and look, we see clouds. I'm like that's really weird, and they're growing. They're getting bigger. I wonder what's happening. Look at, and look at the waters changing in their white caps. And literally in like two minutes, this 50-knot wind 
came right in our faces. What was happening was the Santa Anas had blown up all the sand on the shore, and it looked like clouds. And so it just wham, just hit us on the boat. And so we had to get back in as fast as we could, which you couldn't go very fast. It was a mess. But suddenly the tranquil water, the beautiful, peaceful, was chewed up and gone in a hurry. That's how life is. If we're pursuing this peace that's up here, all kinds of things can peel back that veneer and it's gone. But the peace that Jesus promises is in us because he's in us. So it's kind of like 200 feet down in the water, doesn't care what's happening with the wind, right? That's where the fishies are hanging out and they're having a great time. And then the, peop- the dumb people in the boat are up there feeling like they're going to die. And the fishies are going, it's a nice day. And the Christian who has Christ's peace can be down here moving in the current of his spirit. We don't care what's happening up there. That's fine. Have at it up there. Good luck up there, everybody. But we don't have to live with that chaos. Isaiah 26 says, amen. Isaiah 26 says, you will keep in perfect peace. And that's the word shalom. Those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. That's what happened to me on the couch. The Lord worked in my brain and he moved it around. He recalibrated a couple things. And then my emotions responded and I was able to feel the peace that he was recalibrating up here. Philippians 4, some of, you have, some of you live by these verses, right? Philippians 4, 6, don't be anxious about anything. But do you feel guilty when you read that sometimes, right? I mean, I've heard this since I was three years old. Don't be anxious. But what do human beings have a tendency towards? Anxiety, right? That's actually why it's here. So don't get beat up by it. It's here to help us. It says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving... Present your requests to God, and then the peace of God, which is beyond our understanding. I love that, because we try to put everything in compartments and understand it as Americans, and God is beyond understanding. Welcome to real reality, everybody. His peace is also beyond understanding. So is His love, right? We'll talk about His love in a couple weeks. Way beyond our understanding. We cannot understand it at all. And then it says, He will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This is not a magic formula for prayer. This is not how can I do three things to have peace as quickly and easily as I can and move on with my day. This is not so that you can wrestle peace to the ground and conquer it. Notice the last words, in Christ Jesus. He will guard your heart. He will guard your mind. If you ask him, if you let him, I feel like this, this is really important. His presence overwhelms anxiety. Anxiety overwhelms humans, right? Sometimes you just feel like, oh my gosh, how can I go on? I'm worried about this. And, you know, the list of things can go on and on. But the presence of the Lord can eclipse all of that. And, and it's a similar word, phobia, when it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, when it talks in Scripture about fearing God and being in His presence makes everything fade away. Anxiety is one kind of fear. Being in God's presence is a whole different kind of fear that replaces that, the, the lesser ones. If Jesus is in my life and I know it and, I, and, I, and I'm communicating with Him and He is having His way and I'm letting Him rule, then the holy reverence 
of having him in me chases out that anxiety. Just think about that. Does anxiety have a place in heaven? Probably not, right? Does anxiety have a place in the presence of Jesus Christ? Because he walks around in that heavenly presence, right? So he, in himself, chases away our worry and our fear and all that stuff. It has no room in his presence. So God is building shalom in your life. He's building wholeness. He's building perfection. And I feel like it's, it's literally a building that he's building. It talks in Philippians about we are stones being built together into a temple to worship him, right? And he's the chief cornerstone. I feel like shalom is a picture that, that shalom is not something that just magically happens to you. Shalom is something that's built over time. And this wholeness that God wants you to experience is happening, and yet there are cracks between the pieces where anxiety floods in. And so I feel like what, what, what the Lord is calling us to do is to have this trowel with mortar where we're saying like, okay, let's take care of that anxiety over there. Let's make sure that one doesn't get in because Jesus is bigger than that. Let me go get some, a little bit more of that mortar. This is God's word. This is prayer. This is fellowship, right? And I'm going to go, and I'm going to fill in another crack. And you know, while I'm doing this, sometimes cracks appear on the other side of the house. Isn't that how life works? And then we say, oh, look, I'm anxious about that now. And then we get some more mortar and we go, you know what's cool about this mortar? I can help you with it too. Did you know that even if you struggle with anxiety, you can be an agent of peace in somebody else's life? Sometimes we disqualify ourselves and we're like, well, I'm just such a stress case. I'm such a mess. I'm not very mature. I'm not. That's the enemy speaking. So sometimes if you just have all this garbage from your past and it makes you stressed out and funky, that is what God can use in somebody else's life. I mean, some of the counselors that I've talked with, and I've talked to a lot, um, have, have had some of the most difficult upbringings that you can imagine. And now God is using that to help somebody else. Think about people in 12-step who lead those ministries. They have come out of all kinds of hell in order to help somebody else, right? God redeems our stuff. And I feel like right in the middle of that, well, I'm saying, oh my gosh, look at this. Lord, help me to patch this up that I'm all stressed out about. He says, hey, what about Michelle? Why don't you go help her out too because she's anxious about something and I can pray for her and we can talk about it, right? So make sure that you're not just getting selfishly focused on your own peace because the Lord wants to make us instruments of his peace. That's the other interesting thing about these different subjects of Advent. Hope, peace, joy, love. Through the person of Christ, these things are born in us, right? Through the Holy Spirit, they are born, different spelling, through us, out into the world, right? B-O-U-R-N-E. They are born, they are carried into the world. So the Lord makes us agents of peace. And somebody once said that you might be the only Jesus somebody sees. That's really, that's really good. And so if Jesus lives in me and his peace and his shalom is ruling, then that stuff can go through my life into somebody else's life and I can be an agent of peace. I feel like um, I was on a hike on Tuesday. I was still feeling a little bit anxious because Monday was great. I felt a lot better. Tuesday I got out and I was still feeling, you know, 
mostly better, but I still had to process some stuff with the Lord. Sometimes it's like, you know, it's not all done. We have to keep doing this business of, Lord, thank you for yesterday, and let's talk about this one now. And so Tuesday I was out, and, and I was feeling stressed about needs of certain people in the body. You know, this person needs help. Jesus, would you do this? God, would you do this? Somehow, somehow, you know, all these people have these needs. And, and I really felt like, I felt like telling God, hey, this whole peace thing is your job. You know, like, can you just do it? Can I just pray and then it just magically happens and then I just move on and I don't have to worry about it? And I really felt like the Lord was saying, no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help people through your life. And yes, that's inconvenient, and that's also my plan. And so I feel like for all of us, and it was interesting, Stacy, how you grabbed onto this family that came to you. God put them right in your path. And, and he is saying, I want to use your life and your passion for helping them to engage others to help them. You're being an agent of peace, an agent of shalom, a minister of shalom to others. And, I, and I'm noticing that God does that through us over and over and over again. Do you remember the prayer of St. Francis that we prayed a few weeks ago on election week? Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. So if you need a little reminder about this subject, how do you give it away? How do you live into it? There's a great place to start. Now, 2,000 years ago, peace was born in Bethlehem, the prince of peace. So the question is, has he been born in you? If you don't feel peaceful, if you feel like anxiety is taking over, one of two things is happening. Either he, he has not been born in you as he was born in Bethlehem, or you're not letting this peace rule. You're not engaging this peace and saying, Lord, bring it. Now, remember, we talked about the trowel and the mortar. It's not going to happen, you know, like suddenly in an instant. But you are going to experience more and more of his peace as you access it. Now, as Jesus was born in Bethlehem, I was thinking about this 2,000 years ago, a lot of people went about their business. So he's born in a little stable. He's laid in a manger. A whole bunch of people didn't care. So we, that's not part of our Christmas story because my nativity scene only has, right, the shepherds and Mary and Joseph and a few random animals and an angel and then the uh, wise men who actually came a year or more later, but for some reason they're in my nativity set. <laughs> I don't know, it's not, I didn't get the accurate nativity set. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't have all the other members of Jerusalem that were literally not caring at all that the Prince of Peace had been born in their midst. So it is very possible, even for us, to not allow this Prince of Peace to be born in us and to celebrate that and to focus on that and to say that is what Christmas is all about. And it's not about going to the market and herding sheep and arguing with my spouse and all this other stuff that dominated all these other people in Bethlehem. Jesus was the focus, and he must be the focus of our Christmas. If he is the focus of our Christmas, if he's the focus of our lives, we will have his peace. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I want to ask, we're going to do something interesting. So I want to pray a blessing of peace over all of you. And, and I feel like the Lord wants to do something in this moment where 
he's going to exchange some of the anxiety that you've been feeling for his peace because he loves you that much. And then I want to ask that you would, as I did, continue to access that. Don't feel like, I'm glad we prayed in church. Now I'll never be anxious again. Right? Because what we've talked about now is he is the source of that peace. So if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling stressed, yes, you can go in the jacuzzi. Yes, you can get a massage. You can take a hike, whatever that is. But just realize that that surface, right, what you really need to do is retreat into him. When you're anxious, when you're stressed, when you're freaking out, go back to the person of Jesus who is the Prince of Peace and sit with him on the couch and say, Lord, I'm feeling funny. I need more of you. Okay, so I'm going to pray this blessing of peace over you. Then we're going to sing a song that's called Sinking Deep. And some of you know this song, but uh, I wanted to share one, one of the lyrics with you that's pretty powerful. And, uh, and it says this. It says, I'm wrapped within the arms of heaven in a peace that lasts forever, sinking deep in mercy's sea. And so after we pray, I believe that the Lord wants to continue working in our hearts, working in our lives, and helping us to process out the anxiety and the stress and the junk, and welcoming more of Jesus in, okay? And then after the service, if you're still feeling like, yeah, please go pray with somebody. If you feel like there's this thing in your life, there's this issue, there's this thing that is just your focus, and you cannot let it go, I want to ask those of you who are part of the prayer team to meet with people, and we're going to actually pray up in the balcony today. And so on your way out, just hang a right, and one of the prayer team or one of our mosaic leaders will be up there, and they'll pray with you for a couple minutes, okay? So would you do this? We're going to, we're going to do two things. We're going to receive peace like this, and then partway through our prayer, we're going to drop things like this, okay? Because it's hard to, like, for Jesus to fill you up with peace if your hands are full, Am I right? I speak the truth, right? So if I'm so stressed about these 18 things, then Jesus is going, I don't have any room. How, how can I work with that? Right? So let, let's hold our hands out like this. Lord Jesus, you are the prince of shalom. You're the king of our lives. You rule. Rule in us. Bring your peace. Let peace rule in us. And Lord, as we turn our hands upside down, would you bring to mind things that need to drop away that have captured our attention away from you? Things that we are worried about with family, with relationships, maybe relationships we don't yet have that we think about all the time, that we obsess on, Lord. Knock down those obsessions and replace them with an obsession for you. And maybe it's finances, maybe it's the business, the, the deals are not coming, the paycheck didn't happen, the um, between jobs, but the financial stress of the holidays even, Lord, um, you're the provider. So we just let that drop. And maybe, Lord, we have some issues in our health, some issues in our minds, in our bodies that take our attention away from this peace that you've promised and that make us agitated and worried all the time, Lord, would you take those away too and just, we just drop them at your feet? They're too big for us to carry anyway. We drop them at your feet. 
And Lord, whatever else you want to bring to our minds right now, Holy Spirit, bring it. What is it that we're anxious about? And just allow the Lord to show you what is it in you that's not at peace, that does not have his shalom. And allow those things to drop down at the foot of his cross. He came, he died to take away those things and to give you peace. And Lord, who are we to keep you from doing that? Now turn your hands back up. Lord, bring your holy shalom, your wholeness, your perfection into our lives. Would we be ruled not by a temporary tranquility, but by the prince who is peace? May people see a change in us, in our faces, in our eyes, in our hearts, in our actions, in our words, that we're bringing peace. There's something that has shifted in us. Allow us, Lord, to not get knocked off track this holiday season with all the stresses and the anxieties, but, Lord, to be on track with you. Holy Spirit, have your way in our hearts. Organize our minds so, Lord, we can follow you and be full of your peace. Amen. Let's sing.